Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Tim and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee. She is Tam. Hey, hey, Renee. Hello, Miss Tam. How are you? I'm doing great. What's up with you, Renee? Oh, I got so many things to t- <laughs> I got so many things to say, <laughs> but I'm gonna let you start off because uh, we have something special going on today, don't we? We have a special guest. So you know what? In honor of our guest, we have Front Row Kenny with us. Finally, we are doing our first call in on our 65th episode. Don't ask us what took us so long, but we have Front Row Kenny who also talks NASCAR. He actually worked a little bit at NASCAR, so this is a treat. Kenny, we're going to give you the honors and let you tell us how was your weekend. Well, first off, just want to say thank you guys for inviting me to the show. Always been listening. You guys have also been very supportive. Just like you said, when I worked in NASCAR for a little bit, you guys retweeted my pictures and, you know, cheered me on and everything. I really do appreciate it. But my weekend was crazy. Big thanks to Jim Cassidy letting me come down to Martinsville, hook me up with a hot pass, and I got to see probably one of the best races of the season. Mm, I'm going to have to agree with that. (laughs) Well, we're going to jump into all that happened at Martinsville, and you're going to tell us what you saw. But before we do that, because I know Renee just wants to talk about his Astros. Renee, go ahead. Are you kidding me? That the, I could make this whole podcast an hour worth of Astros stuff, but I'm not going to, so I'm going to make this real quick. I have just been consumed with Astro fever. And if most people didn't know or they don't know, I am originally from San Antonio, but by way through Houston because I literally lived in Houston for a very long time of my life, and that is where all of my uh, sports have basically have come from. Now, why I'm a Cowboys fan is, I don't know why you have to ask my stepfather, because my stepfather, you can blame my stepfather for that. But I've always been an Astros fan. I've always been a Rockets fan. And to see these Astros, to see them where they are, Tim, and Kenny, I don't know if you, I'm not sure how big of a baseball fan you are, but these Astros have been just completely horrible since 2005, which was the last time that they went to the World Series and they got swept by the White Sox. Didn't even win a game. So to see them where they are now with such a young team and such a great pitching staff. And once they got Verlander, I knew something special was happening. But to go against these Dodgers who are just literally built for winning, it's just really awesome to see that the Houston Astros just get one game away and they still got one more game in Los Angeles and, you know, sitting here in Dodger La La Land as an Astros fan is something that's very, very hard to do. I'm just happy to see them where they are now. Well, I can't talk baseball. I have been to my fair share of Dodger games, but I'm not the baseball girl. I'm the motorsports girl. And I will tell you this weekend, Sunday, it was on and popping, as I always say, the young folks say. I watched Lewis Hamilton win the championship. Now, I didn't know how I was going to survive on Sunday because I wanted to watch Martinsville. I wanted to watch the F1 race. And then I had my little Sammy's birthday party to go to, which is my friend who I share a birthday with, who daughter also shares a birthday with us. She turned eight. And let me tell you really quick about Sammy. Her name is Samira. Samira is almost five feet. (laughs) She just turned eight, which is crazy in itself. But 
saying all that to say, how about that Lewis Hamilton? Well, how about that Lewis Hamilton? Okay, so that's all I'm going to say about my weekend. So on that note, should we jump right into... Well, oh, you know what? Let me give you guys the rundown of the show before we jump yes, into Martinsville. Let's do that. Okay. We have Front Row Kenny on with us. So he's going to talk about all the sights and sounds and all that good stuff of what he saw at Martinsville. We are going to talk about the top 10. Of course, Kyle Bush won, but it wasn't even about Kyle Bush. It was all about Denny Hamlin and Chase Elliott and what one did and what the other didn't do. We are going to talk about some young drivers because I kind of feel like with all the dust up with Ryan Blaney kind of tapping Kevin Harvick, you know, there was an incident as well in the Xfinity series with Eric Jones. And then there was Chase who he got a little ballsy when he opened his mouth to Denny. He didn't do anything, but he did stick up for himself. So we're going to talk about the young drivers being a little bit feisty as of late. We're going to talk about Dale Jr. Well, Renee is going to talk about Dale Jr. It was so many things going on with Dale. I don't even know where Renee will begin, but I'm sure he'll tell you everything. <laughs> and we're going to go into our hot topic in NASCAR. There was a crazy fan who did something very crazy. So Kenny was actually there for that. So we'll let Kenny talk about that. And... What else? Oh, we're going to talk about our fan comment of the week, and we're going to give you some predictions for Texas, Renee's hometown. How about that, Renee? We're going to do okay. it. Okay, because we're going to let Kenny talk about Martinsville since all we did was see it on TV. But before okay. he goes into that, I'm going to tell you guys about the top 10, because I know you guys probably have forgot by now. So our top 10 at Martinsville, Kyle Busch won. We already know, but I have to repeat. Martin Truex Jr. quietly, and I say quietly because he wanted no parts of nothing that was going on. So he came in second. Clint Boyer, my man, my main man, came in third. Brad Keselowski, who was battling with Kyle Busch most of the race for yeah, the top was. spot. He only came in fourth. Kevin Harvick came in fifth. Trevor Baines, six. Okay, I think that's two weeks in a row we've mentioned Trevor Baines' name yeah, in the is. top 10, which <laughs> is mind-boggling. Denny Hamlin, who caused all the ruckus, only came in seventh place. Ryan Blaney, Ryan Blaney and not Ryan Newman. I always get it confused because when I take my notes, I never write. I need to start writing down Blaney or Newman as opposed to just Ryan. But Ryan Blaney came in eighth. Matt Kenseth. My quiet assassin who was kicked out the playoffs because he had seven men over the wall in the pit came in ninth. And Ricky Stenhouse Jr., who was kicked out the playoffs, I think, the first round? Or no, he made it to the second round. Yeah, he made it to the second round. Okay, he came in 10th. And just to kind of give you a recap where our playoff drivers are, Kyle Busch, Truex, Brad, and Harvick, as well as Hamlin and Ryan. So that's what six of our A drivers left in the playoffs. They all came in top 10. There were only two drivers who fell out the top 10 who are still in the playoff hunt. And that was Chase Elliott, who came in 27th. And we know why he came in 27th, because of that guy, Denny Hamlin. And then Jimmy Johnson, who I'm not mad at Jimmy. Jimmy came from the back of the pack to come in 12th. Yeah, he At did. one point, he was, I think, like battling 
third or fourth. He was in the top five for a little bit of time, but he couldn't get it done. It didn't look good for him. It didn't look good for him at all. But the fact that he came all the way back and finished 12th, I mean, that's just Jimmy Johnson. Let's be real. Yeah, wasn't he your pick? Or no, I can't remember. Yeah, he was my pick. You always pick Jimmy. So Okay, so on that note, that's the top 10. And we need to not say anything else. We'll let Kenny talk since he was there in person. For all ahead, the Kenny. punches that didn't happen. Go ahead. <laughs> Kenny has the floor. <laughs> yeah, Martinsville was crazy. The big conversation, obviously, this weekend was, is the rain going to come? Are we going to see it under the lights? And fortunately, we got to see it under the lights. It was freezing cold out there. And Martinsville put on an absolutely true short track show. It's just everything I think NASCAR needs moving forward. We need way more short tracks on the schedule and in the playoffs, period. I'm going to agree with that, Kenny. Tim, I already know how you feel about it, so I know you definitely agreeing. Well, no, you know, see, here's the thing. I have a new love for short track, and I feel like I may be coming around the road courses. <laughs> Wait, don't. I need some water. Did I just say I may be coming around to road courses? Can you say that just a little closer to the mic? Hold on. We got to make sure this is correct. You said road courses? I know, yeah, road right? courses. I don't yeah. know. I just don't <laughs> like them. I, I think I like chaos. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I was upset <laughs> when Chase Elliott didn't punch Denny Hamlin in the face. Man, I thought he was, honestly. When no, they got out the he car. just went to talk. I, <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to throw a punch. I thought somebody was going to end up throwing a punch somehow, some way. But here's the crazy thing. I'm not sure if people really grasped it while watching on TV. I have never seen Denny Hamlin get booed in that place not one time. That whole place booed Denny Hamlin, the Chesterfield, Virginia native. The guy that they always root for got booed. Unreal. I couldn't believe it happened still to this day. Can't believe it. And I don't know if you guys saw, but he got absolutely just killed on Twitter. <laughs> I know oh, that yeah. doesn't he mean- had to oh, issue yeah. an apology. Oh, he, dude, he had to. And I know that doesn't mean anything to some people who aren't used to social media, but man, that Twitter is, it's brutal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That is brutal. <laughs> Can you imagine if Dale Earnhardt was in this era and some of the things he did to win? Do you think people would like him as much? No. Like what happened with Denny Hamlin and then you have social media Add like, for example, like the bump and run at Bristol when he did it to Terry Labonte in 99. Imagine Twitter in that day and age. Well, I will Ooh, tell man, you that... something. Honestly, just my opinion, I think it would have been okay. Unfortunately, right now, we're living in a time where everything is so PC, so politically correct. Now, I need to be PC and carefully craft my words. We're just living in a different time where people don't teach their kids to fight. That's true. You know, I grew up. I'm going to fight. It's just not common these days where people tell their kids to fight. They say, little Johnny, run and tell the teacher. Me? <laughs> I didn't need to tell the teacher because I was going to handle it and then deal with the teacher and my mother later. You see what I'm saying? So I just oh, think yeah, no it's, it's different times. I mean, Dale Jr. actually told a funny story about how he had, I don't know if any of you guys caught the tweets that were going back and forth between him and uh, Mikey, Michael Waltrip about, I guess he had crashed out on um, 
I'm not going to tell the story exactly the way it's supposed to be told because I need to reread the tweets. But basically, he went to go tell his dad something and his dad was like, dude, you crashed half the field. But he didn't get the response from his dad that he was looking for. Like his dad didn't coddle him. It was more so like, (laughs) okay, well, you didn't, you know, whatever. Okay, I'm not telling the story correctly. But you get my point. (laughs) Senior wasn't for the BS. And to answer what you were saying, Kenny, or to just kind of further my comment, it's just different times. I think if social media was then, it would be different. So you would either just deal with it or you didn't. And not to bring basketball in it, but you have, but I will, you have someone like LeBron James, who's somewhat borderline apologetic, whereas Kobe Bryant didn't give a damn, you know? And I kind of feel like in NASCAR, Kevin Harvick gives two cents. Kyle Busch gives a half a cent, if that. But then for every Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick, you have a Jimmy Johnson. I Honestly, I was shocked that Denny Hamlin issued a statement. I feel like the power is the beat. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I know this is like a thing. When it comes to like these short tracks, especially where he grew up in, he grew up in Virginia. Now, he's got places like Langley and South Boston, you know, places like that where racing like that happens on a regular, right? Those guys, those short track guys, and even still to this day, if they wreck somebody and they win or whatever may happen, they wreck somebody, nobody's issuing out a damn apology. They move on, they pack the trailer and go to the next race and they race hard again. So I guess the apology to me wasn't necessary. I just thought it was tough racing. That was it, period. Of course, you know, everybody had whatever they had to say. You know, he dumped them, this, that, and the third, but it was hard racing. Two and a half laps to go. He did what he had to do. And then on top of that, the format we have right now with the playoffs really kind of makes this happen even more because everything's on the line. The final four is on the line. Like the guys are trying to get to Miami to race for the championship is on the line. And he just did what he had to do. Yeah. You know what? That's a very good point, Kenny. That is a very good point because I agree with what Denny Hammond said after the race and basically what he told Chase in general. Hey, look, man, everybody's fighting for the last spot. Don't get mad at me. Everybody's fighting hard. And if anything, Kevin Harvick pretty much like just confirmed what Denny Hamlin said. Hey, man, it's time to get down to the nitty gritty. I'm not trying to sit here and be nice to you. I don't care if you're my teammate or not. Look at what Kyle Busch said about Denny. Hey, life ain't fair. I'm trying to win this race. I know Denny's my teammate. I don't care. I want to try to win this race and try to solidify my spot to the next round. I totally get what Denny Hamlin is saying. Well, I have a question for both of you guys, Renee and Kenny. We know that Denny pretty much wrecked Chase. That was a given. But that second accident, (laughs) was it Denny's fault? Oh, well. I mean, you were there, Kenny. What do you think? You know which one, the one that took out the rest of everybody that was behind everybody else. Uh, The one that took out everybody on the front stretch was kind of like, I couldn't believe what had happened because it happened so fast. Once they showed the replay on the big board and I seen what happened, I guess you could kind of blame Denny for that one. If anything, I don't know who else you could have blamed for it. Somebody on Radioactive said it was Blaney, and somebody else said it was Hamlin. So I don't know. I guess that's a driver's perspective one. I guess they would be the best people to ask that one, maybe. Okay. I couldn't really tell what was going on. All I knew is that he took out Chase, but it looked like he wrecked the rest of the people. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> it was so much going on. And, and in all honesty... I got up and on Sunday morning, I was watching NASCAR coverage from the time it came on Fox to when it moved to NBC Sports. 
But then the F1 race was on, so I was kind of going back and forth. Luckily, as soon as I flipped the channel, I saw Sebastian Vettel and Hamilton get into it on the first lap. Hamilton had a flat tire. I was like, what the hell's going on? So then I went back to the NASCAR race. I primarily watched the NASCAR race, but I had to go out because I had to go to Samir's birthday party, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. But literally, I'm in... Hello Kitty, I am not even BSing you guys. I'm in Hello Kitty. So I have the NASCAR mobile app as well as the NBC Go app on my phone. Well, I'm assuming I must have been watching the NBC Go because it gives me the actual feed. So I'm in Hello Kitty like, yeah, do you got a diary? And I'm like, you guys can't see what I'm doing, but I'm talking to the girl. I'm looking back at my phone. I'm walking literally to my car with my head and my phone watching the race. Get to the party. People are talking to me. I have my earbud in one ear and I'm watching the race like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I watched the entire race from my, well, kind of like the last quarter of the race from my phone. And then literally somebody talked to me and I looked up and I missed the last few laps. I was like, what happened? So then I had to watch it all on the replay. And I don't care what anybody says. When you watch a race on the replay, it's not the same when you're watching those little snippets of video. Like, I need to see what happened up until then because I I was so confused. I was like, so wait, Denny wrecked Chase, but then I saw Chase pretty much banging him against the wall. Then I was like, okay, what happened? And I finally pieced all the pieces together of the replay and caught exactly what happened. So, okay. So, uh, just put it together. <laughs> enough about me. Let's talk about the young drivers. And I think that was a perfect segue because we were talking about Chase banging Denny Hamlin against the wall, which was actually pretty cool. But when Denny jumped out on him, he didn't seem like he wanted any part. It seemed like he was that kid who was throwing water balloons. And then when he hit somebody and they came to his face, he was like, oh, wait, you wrecked me. Okay, yeah, that was obvious. What you going to do about it? I don't know. Maybe I'm just feisty. But do you guys think that the young guys are starting to grow balls or that they need to grow some or grow up here? Literally. <laughs> Can you say grow balls on the podcast? <laughs> I think you can say pretty much anything on well, any Michael podcast Rappaport these days. Has but a you know what? Book. Just like... <laughs> Go ahead. It's just this whole PC thing. You just never know. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I was going to say, Michael Rappaport has a book titled, oh, wait, I forgot what the name of the book is. Something about, the, oh, this book has balls. So I guess this podcast has balls. <laughs> I don't know, Kenny, what do you think? Like, was Chase too calm about the accident? I don't think so. You know what? The reaction from him was actually more surprising to me because he's such a reserve. Yeah, he's a, more of a reserved person. And kind of timid and kind of awkwardish. Like, if you watch his commercials, he doesn't look like he's built to do TV commercials, let alone get in somebody else's face and a veteran at that. I just think that he just was fired up, woke up and said, you know what? That's that. And I was looking at a tweet and it's from motorsports.com and they were talking about how what he did probably just shifted him into NASCAR superstar level. In a sense, from the fans' perspective, yeah, he's just about there now because of this act. I mean, that place erupted. It it was unreal how that place sounded, and they were so for Chase. And hear me out. 
that's Denny Hamlin's place. That's where people go to see him win. And now all of a sudden, that's kind of shifted. And I think that he's just grown up. Same with Blaney, him in that confrontation with Harvick. They've just grown up and say, you know what? We're not going to get pushed around by these vets and we're going to show them we're here too. We're going to win because you know what? These are going to be the front runners of the sport in the next couple years, period. I'm going to agree with that too. I'm just going to add on to what Kenny just said. And here was my thing. It kind of, here's the way I broke it down. Just the kind of the way that I saw it just unfold. I love the way that Chase kind of like ran him into the wall and then they pulled over to the side and then they started jawing at each other. And you're right, Kenny. Chase was fired up. I love that. That was like, all right, something's going to happen. So going back to what we were talking about earlier, like I was waiting for somebody to throw a punch. I wasn't necessarily ready for Chase to throw the punch. I really thought Denny Hamlin was going to get out and just really kind of like dig into him. But I thought that when Denny got out of his car and started pointing at him and, and yelling at him, and then Denny got out of the car and walked over to him, that was the point where I went, okay, I think Chase probably understood at that point. I'm not sure what's going to happen here, but let me retract just a tiny bit. So I felt like Chase kind of like brought it back just a little bit to kind of like, okay, you know what? I'm going at Denny Hamlin here who really could just like just throw a punch at any moment. And I don't know if that was the case, but I was surprised that Denny didn't do anything. I'm surprised Denny didn't get physical because if anybody was going to get physical, I thought it was going to be more Denny than it was Chase. Here's the thing. I felt like Denny knew he was wrong when he got out the car, but the sure fact that Chase talked back to him, he had to get up in his face. But if you notice, when he walked up to him, he was already touching him, like, calm down. See, Kevin, when he went to Jimmy Johnson's trailer, what was that, year before last? There was no talk. No, that's right. He rolled up to the trailer with Delena. She was down for it. Yeah, it's Delena. You see what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. Tony Stewart, it wouldn't have been no talk. <laughs> she was probably hyping Kevin up on the way over You know there. she was, because I She's feel like sometimes she wears pants <laughs> in that family. <laughs> you know? And I mean... She, she probably might have been telling them, not, are you sure you got this? Because I can take care of it if you want me to, baby. <laughs> yeah, you know, and Denny Hamlin, or is, I'm sorry, Tony Stewart would have been like... Well, see, Tony wouldn't have even said anything either. He would have just started swinging. But... The thing is with the younger guys, the Eric Jones, the Chase Elliott, although we're going to talk about some Bubba Wallace in a minute, but I think Bubba may be dusting it up when he gets in the cup. He may not because, you know, from a PR standpoint, but I feel like he may have a little fighter in him just from some things that I've witnessed when he was in Xfinity as well as Truck Series. And I feel like Austin Dillon, given the right moment, Austin will bang with the best of them. People always say those Dillon boys, they got attitudes and chips on their shoulder. I don't really feel that way with Ty, but I think Austin will bang with the best. I can see it with Austin before I will Ty. I don't know. It's just something about Austin that's always stood out. I feel like he's always just been better than Ty. I don't know. Because I feel like Ty got that ride essentially because the RCR feeder team and more than likely that's going to be the next guy to move over there sooner or later. I'm not going to debate about Ty and Austin because I'm always going to be pro Austin. We've talked about it on the podcast. (laughs) Austin has a swag. Anytime you have the balls to be with a woman as beautiful as Whitney, his fiance, and as tall as Whitney, because with her heels on, she's about seven inches taller than him. You got moxie and you get points <laughs> with me. So on that note, though, I wanted to read off something 
Well, actually, two things. Kenny, you took part in our Twitter chat today. If you haven't, our Twitter chat is on Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We posed a couple of questions. One was the comparison. I'm just going to read it. The tweet says the comparisons keep coming. Is Chase Elliott becoming more like Dell Jr., Jeff Gordon, or Jimmy Johnson? And if so, why? 14%. I was so surprised. Well, what did you to vote? I voted none. I was just surprised to see that question when I seen it. I'm like, who? I'm like, who could he be? I feel like he's just himself. If, if anything, well, he's dead. Here's the, this is how this question came about. There were a lot of comments on Twitter that said after the incident with Denny Hamlin, this pushed him into a whole nother stratosphere. He's going to be the next Dell Jr. It was all this stuff. And then our good friends over at the PETM podcast, they had some comments going back and forth on their Twitter line about, you know, Chase and what he's going to become, who he is, how he is, and all that good stuff. And I just kind of started to think, I was like, you know, everybody has these comments about Chase and if he's going to be like his daddy, is he the next Dell Jr.? And honestly, I, in my opinion, he is leaning more towards becoming the next Jimmy Johnson not necessarily Dell Jr. I mean, I understand the comparisons with the Dell Jr. because his dad, then Dell's dad, and Chase will become most popular driver someday. But I don't feel like he's the next Dell Jr. He doesn't have the personality to be Dell. That's the first thing. On that note, just to give you guys the poll results, 13% of the voters said he's becoming the next Jimmy Johnson. 38% said Jeff Gordon. He is not the next Jeff Gordon. I feel like because of the number, but he's not even, <laughs> he's racing his daddy's number next year. 28% said Dell Jr. and 21% said another driver. Renee, what say you? What do you think Chase is more like? I could totally see this kid kind of going into a, a Jimmy Johnson kind of role. But I will say this about this kid and just about the young drivers in general. But first about Chase, I really liked what I saw from him as far as that whole moment with Denny. I think that was a defining moment, not just for him, but for the fans of Chase. Because I think that's something that we've never really, none of us have really seen from Chase. And I'm thinking that that little spark... Even though it probably wasn't much of a big deal to some people. But I think that little spark could be the little thing that he needs to get his career to the next level. To get him over the hump. To put a little bit of fire underneath in that belly to go, you know what? I'm tired of coming in second. I'm tired of not finishing. I'm tired of people saying that I don't know how to finish. Well, I'm going to show them. And this is how I'm going to do it. And I'm wondering if that little incident with Denny could actually really be the key to get him over the hump. Now, as far as the other guys like Blaney and some of these other young drivers coming out, it's obviously, and we've talked about this before on a previous podcast, Tam, but you know how, how this turning of the guard, you know, and maybe this is just another sign of a turning of the guard of, of these younger drivers coming in, not only taking over the, the sport itself, but bringing this newer attitude uh, along with it. So it's kind of exciting to, to see it play out with a newer attitude like this as okay, well. Okay, well, Kenny, what say you? Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with Renee. I just love the fact that the younger guys are starting to sport some personality because everyone always says the drivers are bland as a doorknob sometimes. And <laughs> <laughs> you want them to sport personality. Like, you know, you don't want everybody to be like, I love Matt Kenseth to death, but you don't want him to be, everyone be like how he is. He has his own sense of humor and everything, but I met him yesterday and he's just simple as can be. Hey, you know, how's it going? 
You know, but I want the chase in what we got out there in Martinsville because he's showing I'm not just some guy that's timid and I'm not going to just sit back and let anybody push me around. I want the young guys to boast this type of personality. That's the true racing personality. Everybody wants those gritty guys and we want to create more gritty race car drivers and doing stuff like that's going to definitely help him out. And I feel like, like you said, Renee, this should catapult him into another level for his career because this feels like it could be a well, groundbreaking moment see. for Chase. I do want to read one other poll, and we talked about it a little bit earlier about short tracks. And you guys know how I feel about road courses and uh, short tracks for that matter. We posed a question, what changes would you like to see in NASCAR? More short track racing, more road courses, more restrictor plate. And we also gave our voters an option to say, I like it now. Of course, not too many people like what was going on now because only 5% chose that. But 11% of the voters said they wanted to see more restrictor plate racing. 15%, which brings a smile to my face, stated they only wanted to see more road courses. And 69% (laughs) said they wanted to see more short track racing. So that, I don't know, kind of breaks my heart. <laughs> okay, so moving right along, we have jumped all around because we got our boy Kenny on and it's a treat and we've been talking for what, 30 minutes already, 35. We have talked so long yeah, and we've gone through most of this podcast without talking about Dill Jr. I mean, of course, we we mentioned him, but I think it's time for our Dill Jr. update. Renee? Give it to us. Every time we talk about Dale, you know, obviously this is not going to be a whole lot about, you know, him winning or, or anything like that, because this year is, is turned out just to be, you know, not exactly the way he planned it to be. But he's always trying to stay on the positive side of things. And that's what I love about Dale Jr. And uh, he was recently asked about Martin Truex Jr. And, and the success that he's had this year. And Dale Earnhardt Jr. just basically just went on record just saying, how really he's not surprised by his success, just based on the fact of, of Truex's season of just coming up in the whole NASCAR world and how he started in his rookie year uh, with his father and stuff. And you know what? I think this really tells a lot about who Dale Jr. is really as a person. And he, he takes away from himself as a driver. He gives an honest opinion about not just about the sport itself, but about drivers. And he talks so positive about Truex that I think it just spoke volumes about how he is, not only as a person, but what he thinks about Truex. And Truex has just been amazing this this year. And let's be honest, Tam, me and you, it seems like every time that we talk about a race, it's Truex winning. And it's usually always Kyle winning. And I said this on the last podcast, but Truex is just on another level. He is racing literally like at a level all by himself. I don't know about you, Kenny, and Tam, maybe you can or will not agree with me, but I thought Truex had every opportunity to win that race Sunday. I mean, he, oh, yeah. he, he could have easily won that race. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I think he's always there and always has had a chance all year long. I mean, ever since they got that JGR alliance, it's just like the team just went on another run and it became something. And it's kind of amazing because I remember Truex as being the guy who was truly the dark horse. He was somebody I could really and truly give him the title of the dark horse every single year. Right. And I mean, over the years, he would have his chances to win and just unfortunate luck. But my only thing I really worry about moving forward, despite him having this wonderful season, and let's just say he gets to Miami, the way this format works, 
I really hope nothing happens bad to him, like a <laughs> something that's out of his control. Like, you know, like what happened with Kyle Larson in Kansas. I hope but nothing I like that happens. Any, even if something happens at this it was, point, he has solidified his self with the points. Because he came in second at Martinsville, so he got those points as well. Like, we knew with the Formula One race that if Sebastian Vettel didn't win or come in, I think, second, that Lewis Hamilton was going to walk off with the championship. But I kind of feel like if Martin Truex Jr. has another top three performance at the next race or two, he may be good to go in terms of points. And he may win the championship without even having to do anything crazy at Martinsville, like finish the race. I don't know, because I'm not the statistic person. That's true. He's good on points. But the only problem is once he gets to Miami, because, you know, Miami is based on the Final Four and whoever finishes the highest. So let's just say Kyle Busch comes in sixth and he comes in seventh. Kyle Busch wins his second title, you know. So I guess That's a very good point. the points are great. The points are great that he's he's been consistent all year long. What this kind of reminds me of, if you eliminate the playoffs, the chase format and all that, he would be like how Matt Kenseth was in 2003. In 03, he won one race, singular one race. That's it. However, he was consistent across the board all the way up until Miami there. He clinched the title in at North Carolina that year, Rockingham, and he just won it like that. If that format was back to what it was in 2003, just a straight-up championship, Martin Truex probably would have locked the championship up by next week, more than likely, I believe, on point. So that's I kind of don't like the whole playoff format. That's kind of my gripe about it. And I feel like if it does happen, I feel like that's just going to kind of really shift a whole lot of fans' views on the playoffs and how, how they feel, because a lot of people already don't like the format. Me, personally, I don't hate it, but I wish it was like how it was in 2004, where the 10 guys were locked in and they just raced all the way to Miami and that was it. I feel like that would have been perfect for him. He probably would have a better chance without anything happening because he, if he was good on points, he'd be fine if something happened in Miami. But with the system now, that kind of shifts the paradigm and you don't know what exactly what will happen. Yeah, you know? that's true. And you know what? NASCAR is always changing the rules. So I think fans have the right not to like a whole lot of things, but neither do the drivers either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, even like last week with the whole announcement of the mandated pit gun, where you got guys like JGR who have created a whole system in their own pit gun that they made themselves for their team. And now you've got everybody on the same thing. I personally want things to be different. I don't want the cars to be the same. I don't want the pit guns to be the same if it benefits the pit crews. I want no sense of, I guess you could say, quote unquote, parody. That's one of the most famous things that people want especially coming from the basketball world, I don't care for parity. I just want good competition. Right. Parity doesn't yield good competition all the time. You have different cars. Like back in the day, of course, you had cars that were able to do well at certain tracks. Like there was tracks you knew Ford did well, Chevy did well, or Dodge (laughs) when they were around did well. You know, you had it like that. But now it's just all on, for most tracks at least, not Martinsville, but you know, who's got the best aero package, you know? I totally agree with that. Just real quick, Ted, to finish up on the whole Dale Jr. thing. The whole thing about his personality goes even further. He talked a lot about uh, his boss, Rick Hendrick, gave him a lot of praise and uh, just kind of just went on to say how he really appreciated Rick Hendrick allowing him to come and race for his team and race his car. He went back and talked a lot about the whole contract issue. He didn't even want to look at the contract. He was going to let 
somebody else just deal with it. He didn't even want to know about the money. He just he just wanted to come in and, and race for Rick Hendrick. He talked about being really blessed to live this lifestyle and make a lot of money in, in that sport that's allowed him to live this wonderful lifestyle that he has. And he talked about his wife, Amy, and, and how he never really thought about just getting married and having a family, you know, once the whole racing thing started. And, and here he meets this beautiful girl. And, and let's be honest, she is, she's gorgeous. And, and now they're, they're expecting their first child. No, and, not to cut you off, Renee, but I, you know, I was so caught up with her driving the pace car because even she said she wasn't sure why they picked her to drive the pace car. And I was thinking the same thing. I'm just glad she said it out loud. <laughs> but I forgot she's pregnant and that they're expecting. Oh. Yeah. It's like the whole NASCAR community is so excited. And uh, she talked a little about her driving the pace car. And she said she was a little nervous because Joey Logano was like right on top of her. And she was afraid when she was going to pull off that she was going to cut Joey Logano off. But I'll be honest with you, I think there's a lot of NASCAR fans out there that wouldn't yeah, have minded everybody seeing would have been excited. <laughs> on some other too, did you see, and I don't know if you saw this, Kenny, but I'm sure Renee saw it. But there was Dale, the weatherman, earlier this week. He did the weather with his little, you know, my thing is I yeah. hated his suit. I'm just going to give yeah. you some girl's point of view. I was like, Dale, you're doing the weather. That's the best suit you right. can find. Well, well weathermen no, usually no, don't I live have in good Los suits Angeles. anyway. They I don't think from, to the from my recollection, do they? <laughs> oh, yeah. That Dallas oh, yeah. Rains. Okay, Boy, so that, in Los suits. Angeles, we have, his name is just crazy. <laughs> his name is Dallas Rains. He does the weather, and he's been doing the weather. Yeah. Remember Julie, Julia? <laughs> what was her name? Um, okay, they're like famous weather people here. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. You know, it's Los Angeles. You come here to be a star, right. and you end up being right. a weatherman. I don't know. Okay, so I think that's pretty much it with the <laughs> Dell Jr. updates. The only other thing that I don't think you talked about which was apparently Dell Jr. is interested in pinning a book about concussion recovery. So instead of boring you, and not that it's boring, but instead of right, telling that is you correct. all the ins and outs of that story, you can head over to our website because it is posted on our website under a section called NASCAR Talk, I believe. We have a bunch of articles from the week and right. I know that story is covered. So on that note, let's jump into... Oh, you know what? We teased you guys earlier. We didn't get to it. But before we get into our fan comment of the week, as well as our predictions, we're going to talk about some fans and we're going to let a fan, which is Kenny, talk about another fan who was crazy. Kenny, you were there. You saw it live, up close and in person. What was up with the fan who was on pit road, who decided he wanted to confront Denny after the race about what he did to Chase. It was crazy. You finally got someone who is the definition of mad online, but finally took it to real life. So the way like Martinsville is set up for um people who have like the hot passes and everything, people who can be real close to pit road, you're literally right there. All you have to do is step right over. All I noticed was a bunch of camera TV camera guys running towards pit road. And I look over and I see uh, the guy getting in Denny's face and I'm like, I know for the entertainment, that's a great thing, but there's a bad side to that. It's already hard enough to get a, a high pass. I'm pretty sure you guys know it's not easy to get those. For First off, they're incredibly expensive. You don't know somebody. <laughs> See? <laughs> See? You got to know somebody to know somebody. Exactly. You guys already know. 
So doing stuff like that is going to kind of, it could, at least I'd say, it could kind of harm that kind of thing where, you know, people have so much access. And this is the only sport I've ever, sporting event professionally that I've been to that I've had this much access to like the athletes and I'm able to be around people. Like, you know, like I can't go to an NBA game and meet Kevin Durant, but just on Sunday, just casually walking down Pitt Road, I met Matt Kenseth that way or in the garage, you know, you just can't do that any anywhere else. So I don't think that fans should have done that. I think, I know he was mad, but look, it's never that serious. At the end of the day, this is a sport, it's entertainment, and it's just something we do to get away from life, politics, and all that other stuff, you know, that's what we do. Yeah, and just really quick, cause yeah. I, if you don't know what we're talking about, that video is also on our website. After the race, a fan, he just went ballistic. He had a hot pass, clearly, and he saw your boy Denny Hamlin, and he gave him an earful and then some. And, yeah, I mean, like Kenny said, I, I just want to <laughs> add two cents to this. I've been to every sporting event that you can think of, whether it's the Super Bowl, All-Star. I've been to everything. It's not too much, or I don't think there's anything that I haven't been to. Ironically, I was just thinking about this year. I've been to every single major motorsport event, whether it was the Daytona 500 or the Indianapolis 500. I've been to the Formula One Grand Prix in Austin. I mean, I've been to a lot of stuff this year and over the years, whether it's NBA games, NFL games, I've been there. And I can tell you there's nothing like a NASCAR event when it comes to access. This past week, last week when I was in Austin, it is so high tech would even get into the pit. Like I had a credential and I was able to get in the garage, you know, for the Ferrari team. But the whole way everything is done in Formula One, I can tell you Formula One is a sport with money. And those people, even with money, aren't getting that kind of access. So NASCAR fans, if you're listening, if you ever get a hot pass, do not ruin it for us because this is a treat to even get on the track. I mean, even when you think about it from a safety standpoint, yeah. I mean, like I was in Daytona and in Talladega when there were some super crazy wrecks. And I always think to myself, wow, like I'm in the pits as opposed to being in the stands where there have been fans hit with various things. And I always thought like, wait, one day, NASCAR may get hip and say, we need to limit the access. Because you think about even the pit crew guys in the last couple of weeks, I think like two got their foot run over. So nonetheless, crazy yeah. fans yeah, go away. Yeah. I'm again another day, but just not to a NASCAR race. I don't know. Okay. What else? I still can't believe that happened. Uh, what was that, Kenny? I still can't believe that someone was like bold enough to do it. Like, I know people always talk trash on the internet and say, yeah, I'll beat, I'll beat you up or whatever. And then this guy really did it. I still yeah. can't believe he it's actually like that did that. That guy just really like literally like just walked out of a Twitter chat room onto the track and confronted <laughs> Denny Hamlin. Like, you know, it was like, what just happened right now? And uh, <laughs> that's what ran through my mind. I'm like, on what? the couch, slamming a whole 12 pack by himself. <laughs> and, and just walk right through the TV set onto the track and on in front of Denny Hamlin that just went at it. I was just like, oh my God. I want to get your opinion, Kenny, on Bubba Wallace moving up to a cup car. I know at this point it's somewhat old news because it happened about five or six days ago, the announcement that is. But for us, we don't have the opportunity we don't have the luxury of talking NASCAR every day. So that news actually broke right after we did the last podcast. 
And since we have you on, kind of wanted to get your thoughts really quick on Bubba Wallace and the number 43. Well, for first off, I'm incredibly happy because for one, that NASCAR diversity program has grown so much from the driver's perspective and even for like the interns and stuff. But it's amazing to see him grow from the canon Bubba Wallace, the guy with braces, to being the guy that's in that that iconic number 43. I think it's insane. And that whole entire class of 2012 for NASCAR Next is now going to be in Cup next year. Larson, Chase Elliott, Blaney, him and Suarez. They're all going to be in cup. And they made it. And it's amazing to see that. So I'm really excited to see how he does in that in that 43 car. Because every week that he got in it, he kept improving. He messed up Pocono, got better at Michigan, still had some hiccups there. And then in Kentucky, he ended up finishing in 11th. He did great for what he could do. And I mean, that's not like a top five car every week. He made that car on top of that on a, at a new surface, Kentucky, come home in 11th. He did damn well. There's no way in the world anybody can tell me otherwise. So I think he may be able to push RPM a little further than what they have been in the past few years. And I'm not sure what manufacturer they're going to go with yet because that's still a thing that's up in the air. We might not see him in a Ford, which is crazy to say, but they don't have that confirmed and they don't even have a shop just yet. So there's still a lot more to unfold with that, but I'm definitely rooting for him and hope for so much success. And I feel like he's got a chip on his shoulder and he's going to do it. And I feel like he can. He's the guy... That's going to continue to levitate okay, further and further, well, just like his fellow classmates. I can't disagree with anything that Kenny said. I will add one comment. What was that, that Renee? That was pretty much on point, Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> I do have one comment because I feel almost obligated to address this. And that is the fact that we had someone, a fan, a NASCAR fan, hit us up on Twitter and say, hey, you know, it's a little odd that Bubba is going to be driving for Richard Petty the King after what Richard Petty came out and said about the national anthem. My thought process was, and I I actually replied to this guy on Twitter and just, I only have one word and that was irony because the irony of the whole situation is just crazy in itself. I'm happy for Bubba. Bubba deserves to be in a car. You know, I'm sure it was pretty hard for him to see his best bud, Ryan Blaney in a car, in a cup car that is without him being in one. I just think it's good for NASCAR. It's going to make me hang on to being a fan one more year. I don't know. Not that I'm not going to be a fan after one more year, but it's something (laughs) exciting. So, okay, I guess that's that. I'm going to jump into our fan comment of the week, and then we got to get into some predictions because we've been talking a long time. It's so great to have a guest. Thank you, Kenny. (laughs) No, thank you guys. We got to have back on next week. It's been a great conversation. We posted an article that was by the Charlotte Observer, and the title of that article was, and it simply was, was this last NASCAR crash at Martinsville dirty? You be the judge. And they posted a video. We already talked about it, but the reason why I read it, because I wanted to read a comment from Bill Steinbeck the third, and his user on Twitter is Bill underscore S-T-E-I-N-I-E-3. He writes and says, oh, it was dirty. Regardless of how you feel, this is good for the sport, though. When was the last time NASCAR had a real rivalry? That's the only comment we're going to read today because we have a fan that's sitting here and been talking with us for the last hour. So I want to ask you the question. 
Was that hit dirty? And when was the last time NASCAR had a real rivalry? Was it dirty? Morally, oh, yeah, like it was you, dirty. Kenny. But you know what? He did what he had to do to win, point blank, period. So, yeah, no, honestly, I'm 100% for that. Like, <laughs> you got to do what you got to yeah. do. And it's crunch time. There's no wait around. The season's getting ready to end. We only have Texas, Phoenix, and Miami left. That's all we have left. And any guy who's in the playoffs, you have to go now. And if that means wrecking somebody or even your teammate, if it gets that crazy, do what you have to do, period. You know, I, that's what I think. And for the question with the rivalry, I think Carl Edwards and Brad Keselowski was probably one of the wildest ones I've seen. Do you in my think time. it was a rivalry between Carl and Brad? Because <laughs> I mean, when if memory serves me correctly, I feel like the last I, real I rivalry was. was Denny Hamlin and Joey Logano when Joey sent Denny to the hospital with his back. That was a super uh, rivalry. Oh, yeah. But I mean, you here's the thing: you could I classify guess, you know that what? one too. I kind of did. Let's think just say. Carl- Joy, okay, yeah, that was Kenny, crazy. This one, let's just say Joy and all of NASCAR <laughs> was the last good rivalry. We can leave it at that because Joy been in, into it with everybody. I mean, even this year, Kyle Busch. Oh well, you know what? I guess the last good rivalry could be Kyle Busch and Kozlowski. Okay, yeah, I, I can see that because they went back and forth for a while, and they still kind of do. I'm pretty sure they don't like each other still. But the reason why I said him and Carl Edwards was because even in Nationwide at the time, now Xfinity, they even got into it. And I mean, to the point where his father got involved. Like, it, it was that crazy to me. And I was like, man, these two, when they get the cup at the time, I'm like, man, they're going to be crazy. And it kind of panned out that way with the big Talladega wreck and the big Atlanta wreck. And of course, I think that's kind of product to the car tomorrow. Well, see, to me, it's not a rivalry unless you're throwing punches. And Carl Edwards is not throwing any punches. <laughs> Yeah, Cousin Carl's not doing it, and Joey is always on the receiving end of a punch. He's not throwing any punches either. No, he's... Nah, Cousin Carl won't do that. (laughs) So, Renee, unless you have something to add to that, we will go on to our predictions. It's time for Tim and Renee's Race Predictions. Well, you know what I'm ready for is those predictions. Since we have a guest in the house, we'll let Kenny give his predictions for Texas. Renee, you can give your predictions, and then I'll give you guys a history lesson really quick, probably all of two minutes, because I've talked a lot tonight. I know you guys are like, shut up. (laughs) Okay, so who you got, Kenny, for Texas? All right, so for Texas, I got Jimmy Johnson. Ryan Blaney. Okay, you can only pick one. And Truex. Those are three guys I think have a one shot at winning. One and a dark horse. Only one? I can only pick one? I just, uh. Yeah, one and a dark horse. Okay. Hmm. I'm going to go with Jimmy Johnson, dark horse, Ryan Blaney. Yeah, I think that's who I'm going to go with. Okay, there you have it. Kenny, front row Kenny, is going with Jimmy Johnson as his pick to win the race. What says Renee Garcia? You know what? I knew there was a reason why I like front row Kenny. He's got a good <laughs> head on his shoulders. And uh, I'm also going with my man, Jimmy Johnson, to win at Texas. My man. I, I mean, as long as Jimmy Johnson is still in it, I'm going with Jimmy Johnson. So I'm going with Jimmy Johnson to win it. And as my dark horse, I really don't want to say it, but don't be surprised if Martin wow. Truex Jr. Okay. just wins this race. So <laughs> quick history lesson. We raced two times a year. At Texas Motor Speedway, we have been racing there since 1997. 
We typically race in April and November. Our last 10 winners include, and this is just for the November race, Jimmy Johnson in 2007, Carl Edwards, cousin Carl Hay in 2008, 2009, Kurt Busch, 2010, Denny Hamlin, 2011, Tony Stewart, my man Smoke, I miss you. 2012, Jimmy Johnson. 2013, Jimmy Johnson. 2014, Jimmy Johnson. 2015, Jimmy Johnson. And 2016 for the November race was <laughs> Cousin Carl. Interesting enough, Jimmy Johnson won the April race in 2017. Is that safe to say he's won a race every year? Almost every year? He's a seven-time like winner just at about. Texas, it sounds just about. which is crazy. And I'm talking about seven cup races. He's not like your boy Kyle Busch, who's won nine Xfinity races at Texas and two cup races. He's won seven in cup, which is a (laughs) big accomplishment. And let's see, the only other person close to him, and I always say, this is active drivers. Carl Edwards, to me, is still an active driver because I do wholeheartedly believe that he'll be active next year. He's a four-time winner in the Cup Series at Texas and a two-time winner in the Xfinity Series. So on that note, I am going to pick Jimmy Johnson. You know what? I'm going to go with everybody else. So all three of us are picking Jimmy Johnson to win. And in terms of my dark horse, I'm feeling like (laughs) it's either going to be Brad Keselowski or Kyle Busch. And I'm feeling like Chase may be a little spunky and he may do something, but because I'm a betting woman, I'm going to pick Kyle Busch. And no, I'm not picking Martin Truex Jr. I feel like Kyle Busch may get another race (laughs) out of this playoff to shake things up. And then that way, one person will get in based on points. I wouldn't count them out. So those are my picks. Those are Kenny's picks, and those are Renee's picks. Before Renee closes the show, Kenny, thank you so much. We appreciate you coming on. We're going to have you on again next week. I'm sorry we waited to the end of the season to start having guests on. This is actually pretty wild, but we were, uh, what is the word, tech challenged? (laughs) Tech challenged. I say work in progress, that's all. It's work in progress. There you go. I'll go with that. (laughs) okay so thank you kenny we're gonna see you next week i hear you next week i don't know oh yeah absolutely right (laughs) okay renee okay right on well those are our picks those are our predictions if you have predictions you guys do uh, why don't you let us know and hit us up on our social media you can find us on social media across the board at turns no breaks you can find us on twitter you can find us on our instagram please look us up on our facebook and find us and follow us you can also subscribe to our podcast. If you know somebody who loves NASCAR just as much as you do, just as much as we do, have them listen to our podcast. You can find us on iTunes. Subscribe to us. Rate and review us. Leave us a comment. We really do appreciate your input, ladies and gentlemen. Front Row Kenny, once again, we would like to thank you for being on our show. And for Tam, like I always say each and every week, be kind to each other and we will see you again next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 